I'm Madhulika Sikka, and this is 52 Weeks, 52 Books, 52 Women, the podcast. When Toronto cop inspector Issa Katak takes a break after a particularly challenging case, he visits Iran. He plans to connect with the culture and get some distance from his job as a Muslim police officer who heads up a section that handles minority-sensitive cases. Soon, he's embroiled in the case of Canadian-Iranian filmmaker Zahara Zobani, murdered in the notorious Evan prison. Why was she there? What did she know that put her life in jeopardy? He also meets a group of dissidents trying to keep alive the flame of the 2009 democracy movement, and he's under surveillance by the Iranian authorities. The book is called Among the Ruins, and author Asma Zehanat Khan joins me now. Welcome. Thank you so much. The book is set in contemporary Iran, and it's incredibly up to the moment. Um, you weave a story that is based in fact, um, but it's a fiction uh, mystery thriller. Why did you want to tell a story set in Iran? Oh, I had a number of different reasons. I've been intrigued by the country's culture and history, and especially its language and poetic traditions ever since I was a teenager. And then in later life, I actually married a man of Iranian background. So for almost two decades now, I've been immersed in this huge Iranian family and exposed to their incredibly sophisticated and articulate culture. Uh, and it's really left an impression upon me. And then the second thing is that I myself am from a Pakistani background. So the more I became involved with my husband's family, the more I began to appreciate how closely our heritage languages are, are linked. So for example, my parents speak Urdu and my husband's parents speak Farsi and so does he. And I could see how much Farsi vocabulary there is in the Urdu language. And I found that really intriguing, all these cross-cultural and linguistic connections and these mutual influences. So it was always in the back of my mind that this is a very rich history and heritage to explore. And then finally, my third reason is that I have a background in human rights law. So all of my books, um, although they're mysteries, they tend to explore and focus on various human rights issues. And in Among the Ruins, I really wanted to look at what happens to political prisoners who are detained inside an authoritarian system and then are largely forgotten by everyone except their own loved ones. Hmm. And, you know, this is uh, inspired by the true story of a Canadian-Iranian filmmaker who was... Um, who did actually lose her life under detention from the Iranians. Um, it's interesting you talked about the sort of cultural connection. Now, uh, Isa Kadak, he's a Pakistani Canadian, and he kind of wants to reconnect with cultural roots in Iran. Um, and that's why he's visiting. Uh, and he visits uh, the ancient cities of Esfahan and Shiraz. Uh, and, uh, you know, the descriptions of the stunning mosques there have you visited Iran? A lot of people ask me this question. So I have visited Iran, but only when I was a child. Uh, my parents were very adventurous and they took three of their four young children on this road trip from England to Pakistan. And they drove across the continent through and over the northern part of Iran. So I've actually been to the Caspian Sea. And I don't remember very much, but I do remember the Caspian Sea. Uh, and, they, and they did that journey twice. So I've been as a child, but I haven't been recently enough that I would have adult memories of of the mosques or of Isfahan or Shiraz. So I essentially had to do a lot of research, a lot of interviews. I looked at, you know, hundreds and hundreds of photographs and read travel logs and lots of poetry. And I've seen throughout my life, a lot of Iranian films. So I was able to have a sense of place. And then when I would interview Iranians, I would ask these 
unusual and peculiar questions such as, well, what does this garden smell like? Or what might a quince taste like? Or how would it feel when you hold it in your hand? Those kinds of things to get a more tactile impression of the country. Well, I think it it has paid off because I think uh, the sense of place in the book, um, you know, makes you kind of really want to go and visit. And I, I was just very taken by the descriptions, you know, and you can, they're very cinematic as well. You can imagine, you know, a film version of this that, you know, culminates in the, uh, you know, the, the big scene at the Caspian Sea at the end of, uh, end of the book. <laughs> what is the picture of Iran that a reader can learn that they might not get um, if the only thing they knew about Iran was what's on the news. So that was sort of the, the the image on the news is what I wanted to deconstruct. And I wanted to say that when we look at Iran, we're always looking at it through a Western lens, um, through the eyes of our own imperial interest and neglecting our history of engagement with Iran. And so we're painting this one dimensional picture where we see these angry black clad mobs who are shaking their fists and shouting Allahu Akbar, and, and they seem very alien and foreign and intimidating and frightening. So it becomes very easy to box them in and say, this is our enemy and we must fight them. And I think that picture is very reductive um, and it ignores this rich history, this rich cultural expression. It ignores the fact that the majority of Iran's population is young and aching and fighting for change in all this, this myriad of ways. Um, and so what I wanted to do was say, these are human beings like any other and they have traditions of their own that are valuable. And there's a great deal of complexity and diversity within Iranian society. So it's not monolithic. And you can't say that all Iranians think one way or want one thing. It's a highly educated, highly literate society. Um, it loves poetry, music, film, um, art, architecture, and it's very proud uh, the, of, this, of this history that in fact predates Islam and contributes to so much to the richness of its culture. So I think a lot of that is not present in our Western lens. And so there's that cultural richness that I wanted to explore, but there's also a very sophisticated political philosophical tradition within Iran. And it's, I think, perhaps the predominant country that has really interrogated um, Islam as an ideology, as a philosophy, as a political way of being. So it's its discussion and discourse internally is so rich, so sophisticated, so complex, so pluralistic. And I think that's something not a lot of people think about when they think about Iran. And I want- I, I think that's true. I think that's true. I think that people feel that they know Iran from what they've seen on the news. And I think what you convey is, is that diversity, even I think, you know, a lot of people don't think about, you know, Tehran as being a modern city and that there's a lot of wealth there and, um, you know, the extent to which, you know, young people are such a huge part of the population and the role of women is clearly complex. Um, it is. Uh, but, the, you know, there are educated women who are contributing to the society there. And I think those, you know, those tensions between, particularly when you look at this group of young uh, dissidents, um, comes across extremely, it's, it's very, I found it very informative to me as a reader. Um, so I think that that, you know, you've, you've done that incredibly well. Uh, I'm curious, uh, you know, this is the third book in your Isa Katak series. And I'm wondering how, how did you come up with this character? And what made you want to write about a, a Muslim uh, cop in Toronto? So I myself am from Toronto and I share the same ethnicity um, and history as my lead detective. He's a Pashtun, I'm a Pashtun. Um, and uh, his his family is sort of rooted in its Pakistani heritage and tradition, and so am I. 
And I really wasn't seeing any characters in fiction, any lead characters like him or like myself, telling their stories and living sort of this, I sometimes describe it as a kind of duality where you're present in these different identities at the same time. And sometimes these identities are in conflict or sometimes you're not in conflict internally, but your identity is problematized in the larger society. So you're always... Uh, to some extent, playing a part or negotiating your role in the larger society. And I think that's an interesting and unusual character that we don't see very often in fiction and certainly very rarely in detective fiction. And I was sort of feeling that hunger for stories like that, stories about people like myself, but people like myself who are comfortable in these multiple identities and who live between these worlds um, and so who have a slightly different perspective on how they look at global issues or political issues or human rights issues or cultural issues. And I wanted to sort of fill that void and and show that this character, despite these complexities, is as familiar, familiar and real as any other character in fiction. So I was trying to do a lot of different things with him, but really I just wanted to write about someone like myself. And, and you, uh, you know, you set your stories around contemporary issues. Your previous books were about the Bosnian war and about a terrorist cell. Um, and Isa Katak is involved in uh, helping uh, investigate these cases. So he's he's involved in sort of, you know, the stories that, you know, we read in popular media about Muslims. Um, right. Unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, your description of him um, and who he is and what he looks like, uh, you write about him quote, careful and measured consideration was the only way he knew to answer the assumption of Muslim rage. He was clean shaven. He didn't regularly wear a topi or any other signifier of his faith. He prayed behind a closed door. He was light skinned and green eyed, passing in his public engagements, not easily pigeonholed. Why did you want to have him pass um, oh God, that's a difficult and complex question. I don't know that I thought about that so much at the beginning, but really in some ways he was a mirror of myself and members of my family. That's just what we look like. The character is engaging with people who can't immediately tell that he's Muslim and then who may be more careless in the way they articulate their beliefs or their prejudices, or they may treat him one way until they come to know this and then he will immediately feel the impact of identifying himself in a particular way as, as belonging to a particular faith tradition and then feel the um, the weight of all the judgment that comes with that. So, you know, as a Muslim woman myself, I'm not, I don't wear a headscarf. And so I'm sort of able to move in between all these different communities very comfortably. But many of my family members or my closest friends, my mother-in-law, they're hijab wearing. And so their experience as Muslims is very different from mine. And I thought with a character like Isa, I might be able to explore all of those different tangents. Now he, you're a cosmopolitan Muslim woman, um, born in Britain, I believe. Yes. raised in Canada and now living in the U.S. Um, That's right. What, what are the stories, you know, in fiction that you think could be told? Um, you know, there aren't a lot of stories in fiction with a Muslim lead character. Um, what are the stories that, you know, you're contributing to and that you hope can be told? Well, I think my work, my, the consistent theme of all my work, whether I was practicing law and at a time I was the editor of Muslim Girl magazine and now I write fiction that's either about Islamic, the Islamic civilization or about issues that affect the global Muslim community. I think the consistent theme of what I'm trying to do is remove some of that fear and ignorance that leads to these negative encounters and negative perceptions. Uh, so I think that 
a lot of that fear just comes from a from a, a doctrine or an indoctrination of, of of negativity and that when you see someone like me or someone like my detective and you're able to talk to them about a variety of different things and you learn that I'm a science fiction and fantasy fan, it complicates what you think about Muslims and it, to some degree, I think it also humanizes them and it, it makes it easier for us to have a much more civil discourse and to learn about each other and to engage human being to human being, able to respect each other's inalienable rights. And I think that's a very important project in the world today. Well, I think, um, you know, the character comes across as very multidimensional, which is what we all like as readers. And in addition, it um, tells us something that we don't know about the world we're living in right now. Author Asma Zahanath Khan, the book is called Among the Ruins. You can read about this and more great books by women authors at 52weeks52books52women.com. Asma, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me.